Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Joining us now on the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Pat Hughes, and his book Moments is out now through Christian Faith Publishing. Pat, welcome to the Roundtable. Thanks for joining us. Corey, good to talk to you. Thank you. Absolutely. Can you tell us what Moments is all about? I've written a little bit over the years. I've just sat at a desk for a lot of years, and every once in a while I would have time to write something, and I wrote three or four stories about my life in Montana, Wyoming. I I always felt like my guardian angel stepped in somehow, took care of me when I got in places I shouldn't be. Moments became a story about my memoirs. Some of them I embellished a little bit just because Everybody was talking about going out with their guns in Powell, Wyoming. The one day when I was sitting in a restaurant, I jumped up and said, I'm 100% against guns. And two people cocked their guns. And I gave a five-minute yelling at them speech, and everybody started clapping as I walked out of the restaurant. And I'm thinking, I hope somebody paid for my lunch. Wow. <laughs> and and so then I went and pulled the same thing in Casper, and I planned it a little more. I had a little more information, and I knew somebody would cock their guns, and, and just one person cocked his gun there at Casper to start me off and did the same thing. But some of those stories are like that. Most of them are just stuff that happened to me where my guardian angel stepped in like one of them. I had a flying saucer hovering overhead and a jet airplane came out of the airport and the flying saucer went away. Another time I was in a carload of six Indians. Young, I was like 20 and they were 16 and I made the mistake of getting in with them. They were ready to hurt me somehow. On the radio comes Paul Revere and the Raiders. Cherokee Nation. I I just started screaming, turn that radio up and started punching and jabbing everybody. And within two minutes, we were all just big buddies. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I did a lot of drinking and fast driving. There were Growing up in Montana, there were no speed limits. People I hung out with, they bought us a couple six packs and threw them in a cooler before they went on a road trip. So, you know, that was kind of the way things went. And I mean, stuff I wouldn't think of doing now. But Yeah, wow. Wow, sounds like you've led quite an exciting life. Yes, and I've had, I, I just had a ton of different jobs. I'm kind of a total workaholic, so I, I'm ending up living through that right now. My next book, I have 30 or 40 chapters written, but it's going to be my uh, close-to-death, near-death experiences. My closest one, don't, I don't want to give this away to anybody, was, was but <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'd been drinking all morning, then, then me and another person were sitting out at the lake, sobering up for three hours and just talking about stupid stuff or important stuff or whatever, just because 
We didn't want to be driving back to town drunk. Two guys and a girl got on this dock down below us, and the girl jumped in swimming. So the one other guy jumped in swimming, and so the other guy jumps in. And I'm just going, oh, no, this isn't good. And my buddy said, man, I can't swim. I cannot swim. They got about 30 foot away from the shore and all started drowning. I got to try and save them. <laughs> and I told this guy to grab a spare tire, and I was going to have to try and save them. And then I waved down a boat at him. A boat just happened to come by, and I waved him down, and he saved him. The book is called Moments, and if it's anything like what you've described, this book is going to be full of some great moments. And I think a lot of people ought to check this out. Again, Pat Hughes, this is from Christian Faith Publishing, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Pat, thank you so much for sharing about your book today, and thank you for your time. Corey, good talking to you. Thank you. I hope you read the book. I believe everything in life has a meaning, and seeing that can give you a new appreciation for who you are today. Author Marie writes about this in her new book, Destiny Without Knowledge. Marie is joining us now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Marie, welcome. Thank you. Can you tell us what Destiny Without Knowledge is all about? Well, it's an autobiography, so it's my life story. It's the events that happened from the time I was born until now. What would you say the overarching theme is? What's the gist of the story you're telling? It's showing how a person's life is determined by things that may have happened earlier in life that they remember all or some of. So what inspired you to tell your story? You know, putting yourself out there for lots of people to read could be a scary thing. What made you decide to do this? And it is a scary thing because it's true. It's a true story of my life. And, of course, there's the good parts of my life as well as the confusing parts of my life. A lot of people might be able to get something from that book. Hopefully, it will give them the knowledge to deal with things with a different perspective after reading my book. Is there a certain readership, a certain audience that you had in mind? No, there isn't. I think people from all different walks of life could possibly relate to my book and different ages as well. So how long did it take you to write this from start to finish? It took me three years. Have you written before or have you been published before? This is my first book. And of course, when you're writing an autobiography, you have a lot of research and it's from the time I was born until now. So therefore, you have to talk to a lot of people that knew you. So there's a lot of work and time and effort that goes into it. Plus, you have to be very sure that it is true. Were there things about yourself that you found surprising when people told you? Uh, Yes. And also writing the book, of course, you relive your life. A lot of tears, a lot of days I'd laugh. It's very rewarding going back through your life, but it's also very emotional. Now, knowing that your story's out there, it's in a book, it's on shelves, people are buying it and reading it. What kind of a feeling does that give you? Like I said, I, I enjoyed sharing my life and putting it out there, and hopefully it'll help people in some way that are going through maybe some of the same things I went through. I just hope they'll enjoy it and just just read it. Just enjoy it because it's all true. Now, coming off your first book, is there any advice that you could give to up-and-coming writers? I would say patience. I don't think it would matter what kind of book you're writing. There's just some days that you just don't want to go there, maybe days or weeks even. 
So you just kind of have to walk, have, be patient, walk away from it, get a different perspective, and then go back to it when you're comfortable. Well, again, the book is Destiny Without Knowledge by Marie. This is published by Fulton Books and is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Marie, thank you for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure meeting you and finding out more about Destiny Without Knowledge. And you as well. Thank you so much. Spiritual forces waging war is what we experience in the novel The Delilah Archives, The Shadow and the Smile by R.L. Cox. R.L. is joining us here on the Reader House Author Roundtable. R.L., thank you. Thank you very much. So this sounds like quite an epic tale. What are we in store for with the Delilah Archives? I wanted to do something a little different. I wanted to have angels as a center of an epic story. I wanted to do something different instead of having angels as bystanders or as side characters. Interesting. Where did you get the idea for making angels the main focus? Mostly I wanted to do something a little different. I'm a big superhero fan and uh, anime fan. So I wanted to make it where angels were the ones with superpowers and that type of thing. So what would you say would be the overall message that you get from this book? I guess it started out with me being a gamer. And interestingly enough, a lot of the uh, conversations that I've had with gamers were about how disrespectful they are towards God. And I kind of want to show that there's a lot of things about God that they may not know or want to think about. So I kind of want to show God in a different light, and angels were the vehicle for that. To bring the Christian faith to the gaming community, I've, n I've never really thought about that before. So that's, a, that's an interesting spin. People won't believe that there is a God, but they will believe that there are angels. You know, maybe think of them as something as cool as Iron Man and Captain America and, and, and give them a chance. <laughs> so how long have you been writing? I think it started like back in 2007. It took me a while to try to get the concept down and the characters down. And I guess it really started out as a movie script. I got some good feedback from somebody that was going over the script and they said that you have too much information here. It should be a novel. You couldn't really get the uh, feel of what was going on. It, was, it wasn't enough pages, I guess. So I kind of felt that I can just try to turn it into a novel. So how difficult was the process getting it from your final manuscript that you wanted to get published to actually being published and going through those channels? Was that a difficult process? This is my first attempt at being an author, so for me, I just wanted it to be perfect and try to go through as many revisions of it to make sure I got everything that was wrong with it out. So it was a little difficult for me, yes. Well, again, the book is The Delilah Archives, The Shadow and the Smile by R.L. Cox. This is published by Christian Faith Publishing and is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. R.L., thank you again for joining us here tonight at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you very much. What if everything you wrote in your journal magically came true? Well, that's what happens in Linda L. Jewell's new book, The Journal. Linda is sitting with me right here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. So, can you tell us what The Journal is all about? It's a story about a boy, 14, who inherits a journal on his grandfather's death. He finds out that what he writes in the journal comes true. And with that comes great responsibility. And he starts off small and his requests get larger and larger as we go through the book. And the responsibility gets larger and larger. 
So where did you get the idea for this? It's kind of funny is as you're going to sleep, there's this moment in time where you're in between sleep and dreams where you can control your dreams a little bit. I was in that space and this idea popped into my head and I started thinking about it and I wrote it down. I woke up the rest of the way and I wrote it down next to my bed and I woke up the next day and I looked at it and I started playing with it in my mind and I started outlining it and that's where the book started. So is this the first time you've written a book? Have you been published or anything before? I have four other books that are in a series, the Ingraham series, that is young adult fantasy. And there's four of them in the series. It's about two young teenagers that when they fall asleep, they wake up in another realm. Hmm. So I'm sensing a fantasy element in a lot of what you write. Are you a fan of that genre? I am. I like reading and going someplace else, you know, escaping the everyday world. No better way to do that than to read. Oh, I love reading. I have been a reader since I was a young girl. I started reading when I was four years old. My brother was learning how to read and I was right by his side and being quite competitive, I learned to read while he learned to read. I've been a reader since very young age and it's my escape. When the world gets too stressful, the best thing you can do is pick up a book. Now, a lot of writers deal with writer's block. Do you deal with that? And if you do, how do you get over that hurdle? I don't really have writer's block, but when I do, when I do stumble a little bit, I go back to my outline. I start going through the outline and adjusting it or adding to it or taking off of it. And that seems to get me out of a writer's block. Great advice. Are there any other tips out there that you would have for up and coming authors looking to write their first book and then get it published? Read, 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 read. The other advice I'd give, and my high school teacher gave it to me, is write the way you talk. Write the way you speak. Don't try to be something that you're not. If you write the way you speak, it just flows and it comes easy. And it's one less hurdle that you have to get over. Write the way you speak and read everything. You know, not just your genre that you might like to be in, but read everything. Read the classics, but just read. Great words. Again, the book is The Journal by Linda L. Jewell. This is published by Fulton Books and is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Linda, thank you for joining us today. It was a pleasure meeting you and finding out about The Journal. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. How do you come to terms with self-acceptance when so many people around you expect you to be a certain way? Well, the author I'm speaking with right now, Mary Elizabeth, attempts to answer that question in her new book, Connecting to the Light Within, A Journey of Faith. Mary Elizabeth, thank you for joining us here on the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Well, Connecting to the Light Within seems like a really interesting book. Can you tell us about it? It's my story, but it's a story that fits most people. We grow through life as being told who we should be, what we should do, how we should behave, and learning to embrace our truth, especially if you tend to be a little different than others, such as myself, because I grew basically seeing dead people from a very young age and um, was told, you know, not to be who I was. And it wasn't until I learned to accept the truth of who I am and allow that to expand and follow that faithfully in myself that I was able to embrace the truth of God. 
So what was your inspiration, your motivation for putting these thoughts down in print format, getting it published and putting it out there for everyone to read? Well, way back in 2007, I had a thought that I would write this book. And the book was simply, you know, going to be titled On the Way, What I've Learned on the Way to Fabulous. And through that process, I let it go. And then one day after I turned 50, I, I just had a thought it's time to write that book. And so I sat down and just followed the thoughts that came through. Interestingly enough, found that what started out as journal entries turned into the premise of the book and just flowed from there. Wow. So how long was that writing process for you? Almost three years to complete, but the time that I actually wrote, most likely about a month. So is this your first time being published or writing a book? It is. It is my first book, so I am now working on my third, and it is an exciting process to finish the book, hold it in my hand. That was just a thrill. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. What have you learned along the way? Is there anything that you could tell new writers? The most encouraging aspect that allowed me to continue writing and going through my self-doubt was to find someone who could listen to what I wrote. I, I didn't ever have anybody read it. I had somebody listen. And their reaction to what I wrote encouraged me on, moved me forward. And when I didn't have a reaction, it was like, okay, maybe I need to rethink that process. You just have to believe in yourself, believe that's what the journey of faith is all about, believing in yourself because of who you were created to be. That's a really interesting strategy, reading it out loud for people and then gauging their response. It affords you the opportunity to hear your own voice because sometimes when you read it in your head versus speaking it, it, it presents differently. So it allows you to edit the voice. So it sounds like this is going to be a great read for a lot of people. The name of the book, again, is Connecting to the Light Within, A Journey of Faith by Mary Elizabeth, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available on Amazon. Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Well, Mary Elizabeth, thank you so much for telling us about your book. We're looking forward to what's coming up. And again, thank you for your time. Thank you, Corey. You have a blessed day. The Giant of Africa is the name finally given to the country of Nigeria and author Victor Udo's new book, Which Way, Nigeria? Structure, Leadership, and Equitable, Sustainable Development is out now. Victor's chatting with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here, Victor. Thank you very much, Corey, for having me. Which Way Nigeria sounds like a really interesting in-depth book. Can you tell us about it? Yes, uh, Nigeria, like you rightly pointed out, is a very large uh, country in terms of people, 200 million people. But we've been struggling with uh, the structure and we've been having problems of leadership. And so this book is really talking about the history of Nigeria, how we've come far and what we can do, what's the potential for the 200 million mostly young citizens in the future. Is this your first book you've written or have you written before? If you count my dissertation and other refereed journal publications, then it's not the first, but this is the first uh, in a book form. So what was the process like researching this and writing it and then editing it all down for publishing? Well, I, I, my PhD is in public policy at, uh, from the University of Delaware where we were taught critical social research. 
In that critical social research, you become a part of the com community to observe and participate and then communicate. And so I spent the last seven years in Nigeria observing and participating, and now I put it in the form of a book for posterity and for people who love Nigeria, people who are interested in Nigeria. Fulton books have been great in helping me to put it in a book form and getting it published. Was there a certain group of people or readership that you had in mind when you were writing this who might get the most from this? Yeah, I, I believe anybody that is interested in uh, the well-being, the future of Nigeria, whether they are the young generation, students, college students, policymakers, uh, ambassadors, uh, investors, people who want to know about Nigeria, the structure and the potential and the future. What was the publishing process like, being that that was new for you to get it into book format, so taking your manuscript, working with Fulton to get that into the publishable format? What was that like for you? Well, it was interesting, uh, especially, like I said, I've done a PhD and written a dissertation, so I've gone through the process of editing, but doing something outside of a school environment uh, like this book, uh, I believe Fulton Books was uh, very helpful to make sure we focus on the audience, which is broader than just uh, uh, writing for professors. So now you've taken this journey and the book's out there. Do you have any advice that you could give to up-and-coming writers who want to write that first book and get it published? Four things I would tell them. You know, they need to be passionate about what they want to write. They need to be personal about the story they want to tell. They need to be patient with the editing process. And then they need to be professional. Wise words. Well, again, the book is Which Way, Nigeria? Structure, Leadership, and Equitable Sustainable Development by Victor Udo. This is published by Fulton Books and is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Well, Victor, thank you so much for your time today. It was great meeting you and finding out more about your book. Thank you very much, Gary. Here on the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'm speaking with author Kristen Hagen about her book, A Line Above, a personalized letter to airbag survivors everywhere, the truth about airbags, the importance about preventative care. Kristen, welcome to the Roundtable. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Preventative health care is something that a lot of people, I think, need to know more about. So tell us about this book. I think that it's important that uh, individuals everywhere, whether they're a survivor, they're a thriver, they've come through something, whether it be an injury, an illness, they're working through something, a disease, or some sort of current care process, I think that it's important that individuals have access to usable tools that they can put in their tool belt and know where to pull that information from. And no book to date covers what this book today does. So this will give people the power to not only know how to undo something if something has happened in their life, again, whether albeit injury or illness, or just health improvement, but it will still give them usable tools in their tool belt and tool chest to be able to go to over and time and time again and overcome those injuries and those obstacles and yet keep going on their path to wellness. How would you say that this book could help save lives and prevent catastrophes? Yeah, I think being an informed consumer is always good. I see this book is similar to a safety manual. It's a personalized letter from me directly, and it tells people the truth of what they need to know to save a life. Um, no matter what they're going through, if they've got a recall, if it's happened to them, they're not quite sure what's happened to them, but some major thing has happened in their life, maybe attributed to an automobile accident, maybe not. This is a starting point for anybody or even an intermediate or advanced to know to be an informed consumer, take the recall seriously and get them changed, get those airbags reversed or uh, 
you know, uh, removed, and then implement a safety recall switch. I know that there are certain automobile companies out there, and there's some leading names out there that are installing safety switches already for the consumer in the vehicle, so the individual's empowered and or the passengers are empowered and the other occupants throughout the vehicle to have the full control of do they want an airbag or is grandma in the car or do they not want it or are they a small frame person. So I think just empowering people by just simply a simple switch, really simple to insert and manufacture and install, gives people the power to save lives by that alone. But this manual will help for anybody that's experienced a high-powered uh, airbag or has been disabled or injured and give people the opportunity to overcome that. But at the same time, I think we have to also take a little bit further into our manufacturing and give people the power to turn the law. And that saves lives for sure. And we're grateful that you're telling your story and sharing your experiences and all this wisdom with us. So again, the book is called A Line Above, A Personal Letter to Airbag Survivors Everywhere. The Truth About Airbags, The Importance About Preventative Care by Kristen Hagen. This is available through Christian Faith Publishing at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Kristen, thank you for talking with us tonight. It was a joy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad I was able to be here today, too, and best of luck to your viewers. You never know what twists and turns life has for you next. And the next book we're talking about here at the Reader House Author Roundtable touches on that. Chance Encounter is out now through Fulton Books, and its author, Veronica Radner, is joining me now. Thanks for chatting tonight, Veronica. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us what Chance Encounter is all about? Chance Encounter is a story about a woman who, through some very unfortunate times growing up, had some very bad issues with finding love. Never had the love that she needed from her parents, and that led to jumping at the wrong chance of love. It could have been fatal. And from there, she pulled herself up, determined to have a better life for her child. And it led to her dreams of what she wanted coming through, through very, very hard work and some very trying times. So what gave you the idea for the premise of this story? I think everybody in their life goes through some really hard times where you think, I just don't want to do this anymore. When you go through that, you find out who your true friends are. And that's the basis of this story also, are the friends that stood by her and helped her realize what she was capable of. Have you written before? Is this your first book? This is my first book. Oh, congratulations. What was that process like? Well, you know, once I got started... It was easy, but trying to put things together in my mind, because I've never considered myself a professional writer, I had to try to get things organized in my mind, and I don't know how many times, thank God it wasn't paper, or I would have killed a rainforest, <laughs> how many times I went through the manuscript and rewrote and went, oh, that's not going to work, kept challenging myself to get it to where it was a story that gave a message. How difficult was it to take your manuscript and then get it into the publishable format? easy. Fulton Books made it very easy. Guided me through the whole process. Are there any tips, any lessons you learned here that you could send out there to aspiring authors that want to get published? Don't give up. Believe in what your story is. Make sure that you check your facts. Numerous times and places that I used in my book, for me, I was fortunate enough that I actually lived in these places so I could draw from that. So if you can draw from your own life's experiences, sometimes that's a lot easier. I know that oftentimes a lot of writers are also avid readers. What kind of genres do you enjoy reading? Oh, I love history. Anything that is historical, I will read. You can't go forward if you don't know where you came from. 
I had, was fortunate enough that I was able to live in Europe for seven years. During that time, I got to meet people who experienced unfortunate times of World War II and walk in the places. And my father uh, immigrated to this country from the Slovak Republic. And when I went to go to Prague, I actually walked through some of the streets that he walked through in Prague when they were leaving Slovak Republic to get into Germany to be able to immigrate to the United States. So wow. for me, that was so surreal to walk the same streets that my late father walked. So again, the name of the book is Chance Encounter by Veronica Radner, published by Fulton Books, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Veronica, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you again for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you so much. I, it was a wonderful time. I appreciate it. How does God speak today? Or does he even still speak at all? Well, author Janelle Doggison offers some guidance with his book, Dialogues with God. Janelle is here with us right now. Welcome to the Reader House Roundtable. Uh, thank you, and thank you for having me. So can you tell us what Dialogues with God is all about? Well, the book is about the transformation that occurs in one's life when God takes control. It offers a view of God that can only be seen when one's spiritual eyes are opened to his immeasurable and indescribable love for his children. The stories depicted in the book are both intriguing and hilarious. It features a series of events that are dramatic. Some of them are even comedic and romantic. So what gave you the inspiration to write this book and to put it out there in print? I have been teaching Sunday school for a long time. To me, it was a privilege to do so. And with that, it helped me understand God better. And by doing so, the subject of my book became God. So he inspired me to write the book. So have you written before or have you been published before? I have written before, but I have not published before. This is my first book, but I am glad that my first published book is about God and not something else, because we should be totally devoted to him. Whatever we do, our work should be focused on him. So how long did it take you to compile and write this book? Well, once God opened my eyes, the subject of, of my book, once God opened my eyes to what he wanted me to talk about, it did not really take long. From start to finish, the process in terms of jotting the first sentence to holding a hard copy in your hand is very long and tedious. Yeah, what was that process like of getting it published, doing all the editing and all that work? Since that was my first time, I really didn't know what I was getting into. I thought it would be very easy and the short process, but in terms of getting a hand copy book and getting it edited and doing all the work that needs to be done, one has to be patient because it's actually very lengthy. Process is long, but it is worth it to get it out there to your readers. Was there a specific readership that you were going for, maybe a specific group of people that you were thinking of? I think everyone should be interested in learning about their Heavenly Father who loves them so much and is willing to go extra miles to restore the relationship that has been broken when we disobeyed him back in the beginning. So I don't have a specific target because I would really love for everyone to have a chance to read the book. Mm, yeah, certainly. I think everyone could get something from this. Well, again, the book is called Dialogues with God by Janelle Doggison, published through Christian Faith Publishing and is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and iTunes. Well, Janelle, it was a pleasure speaking with you today and hearing about the book. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for having me. 
Right now, I'm talking with author Renee Goodwin at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and her new book, Gigi Cleans House, Learning Teamwork, is on shelves now. Welcome to the show, Renee. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you here. So can you tell us what Gigi Cleans House is all about? Gigi Cleans House is uh, written from the perspective of a puppy that has some great ideas on many different things. And Gigi Cleans House, Gigi teaches teamwork, trying to help her Mrs. G and Susie with the um, daily chores. Gigi entered my life a few months ago. I just enjoyed watching her play, and she just added so much to my life. She just makes me laugh. And she would actually help me with the vacuuming and the sweeping and definitely the laundry. However, she has her way of doing things, which is running down the hallway with the sock in her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) But she thinks she's helping. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so this is actually based on your dog. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, great. So is this the first time you've written a book? Yes, it is. It is. And I've just been so excited. It's just been a wonderful experience for me, and I just look forward to doing many more. This is Gigi's Life Lesson Storybook Series, which is what I hope that I am creating here with the first book, Learning Teamwork. And each book has a vocabulary word that parents and teachers can then use to do additional activities with. Have you learned anything that maybe some up-and-coming writers could use? The main lesson that I have learned is, you know, take that leap of faith. I've always wanted to write children's books ever since I was in my early 20s. It's just life took different turns. But finally, the path came around. The time was right. Gigi entered my life. The story was written. I uh, contacted the publisher. Now we have Gigi Cleans House Learning Teamwork right in my hands, and I'm just so excited. Oh, so what did that feel like knowing that, hey, I published a book. It's actually on bookshelves. People are buying it and reading it. What kind of feeling does that give you? You know, it's beyond words. It really is. I have just been thrilled. I feel so blessed. And I'm happy that other people can read the book and share it with their friends and their children and have a wonderful life and feel feel good inside, but also be able to learn something about life and something about uh, other people. Again, the book is Gigi Cleans House, Learning Teamwork. Published by Fulton Books, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Well, Renee, it was a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you again for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Bye-bye. We can often forget the impact that a single person can have in someone else's life. I'm talking now with author Gail Prentice here on the Reader House Author Roundtable, and his new book is out through Christian Faith Publishing entitled the Legacy of One. Gail, thanks for joining us tonight. It's an awesome pleasure to be here. So tell us about A Legacy of One. The Legacy of One is a, is a culmination of several incidences in my life, as well as others. You know, having been a policeman in my earlier years, you know, some of the events are true, some are embellished upon. With over 40 years as a, in the ministry, I have noticed that so much of life is missed by a positive testimony. No matter how you slice it, your testimony, your witness makes 
a lifelong impact on other people's life. Some good and some not so good. But the whole purpose of the story was to really highlight how much impact an individual's testimony and witness can do and how it can affect people's lives for a lot of people, even that you and you'll probably never even meet. And what was your inspiration for writing this? <laughs> Life experiences. I just felt God impressed me to write this because, again, it's 40 years in the ministry. I, I've seen so much where evangelism is lost. And evangelism happens more on the street. Evangelism happens more in, in tough situations in other people's life than, than from the pulpit. We're missing so much. So many people can be reached for Jesus Christ if people were Christians on the street as, as much as they are in church. Is this your first time writing a book? I've written two others. I think this is probably my favorite. <laughs> oh, so what was the process like getting it written and published this time around? The writing, it just flowed. It, 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 I loved it. Getting published, oh, that's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, finding a, a good publisher and a Christian publisher was pretty important to me. You know, not having an agent, not being a well-known writer, it was a it was a real challenge to find. You know, Christian faith publishing have just been incredible with this whole process. I love them people. The publishing part is probably the hardest of all. Now, throughout that process, is there anything you've picked up along the way? Maybe some tips that you could offer to up-and-coming authors who want to be published? Research. Find a publisher like Christian Faith that has your same theology, that's interested in working with you. Do your homework, you know, and, and make sure that they agree with your philosophies and be just flat out honest. Just be brutally honest with them. The more honest, the more forthcoming you are, the better the relationship is going to be. Now, what audience do you think would enjoy this book or, or benefit the most from this book? Was there a target audience you were looking at? Christians in general, but still... It's going to be, and you know, I hate to use this term, it's going to be more of a chick book <laughs> than anything else. But, but I wrote it with the intention of seeing that, that Christianity plays a vital role, whether you're a lawman working in a sawmill or you're working anywhere, you know, as a secretary or a pastor's wife or whatever. Your witness, your integrity as a Christian is of utmost importance and cannot be downplayed by any way. So I guess the target audience would be any Christian, but it's going to appeal more to a younger reader or somebody that's just flat out just an avid reader. Well, we're looking forward to that. Again, the book is The Legacy of One by Gail Prentice. Available through Christian Faith Publishing on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Gail, it was a pleasure talking with you today here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining us. It's been a blessing, my friend. God bless. Author R.A. Bloss is joining me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Her book, Becoming an Intentional Cooperating Teacher, is out now through Fulton Books. Thank you for talking with me tonight. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us about this book? I created this book as a way to inform the practice of cooperating teachers. Cooperating teachers are the classroom teachers who mentor teacher education students during their clinical practice. There is no requirement for training, so there's no real document or support available for those teachers as they begin to do this very important work. And I realized that there was a gap in the literature and decided maybe I could fill that gap. Oh, so have you written a book before? I have not. This was my first. The closest I came to this would be writing a dissertation. Oh, well, congratulations. That's a big accomplishment. Thank you very much.
So what was the process like for you, writing the book, then getting published, being all new to you? It was very new. Everything that I tackled was a little bit scary, not sure how to proceed, but working with Fulton Books has been a godsend. They have been very helpful. The writing process took a lot longer than I thought it would. It took about three years to finish the book. It was worthwhile after it's all completed. Can you share any maybe tips or anything you learned along the way that aspiring authors would be able to find useful? I think it's very important to be passionate about your topic because there are days when it really is very difficult to, to get yourself to write. So the more passion you have for your topic, whether it be fiction or nonfiction. I think you also have to keep writing. Even if you can only get a sentence or two written in a day, make sure you're getting something on paper every day. The other thing that was very helpful for me was having a support system, other people who I could go to for different parts of my work. My husband was my pit crew. He was the person who just would support me when it was the writing time. Uh, my brother was very helpful in terms of looking over contracts and understanding the business side of getting a book published. And then my best friend was my biggest cheerleader and kept cheering me on, telling me I could do it. Are you working on something else, maybe a follow-up to this or another project? Right now, with the closing of the schools for the COVID pandemic, I'm watching to see what will change and how things will change in education. So how will that look for our pre-service teachers when they need to get out to do their clinical work? In the spring semester, some student teachers started with live children in the classroom in January, and then by March, they had to switch to virtual classroom experiences. What if we have a whole semester of that? So I think perhaps I can provide some information on my blog as things are changing and developing as we get back to brick and mortar or prior to getting back to the brick and mortar business of education. And again, this is Becoming an Intentional Cooperating Teacher by R.A. Bloss, published by Fulton Books. This is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. It was great meeting you and finding out about the book. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Women often face a unique set of challenges throughout their lives. Dr. Veronica G.B.'s book, Why Women Act Foolish, tackles some of these difficulties. Veronica joins us now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for talking with me this evening, Veronica. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very, very much. So why women act foolish? I just have to admit, you know, as a well-trained man, I have no idea <laughs> where this title's coming from. I, I don't uh -oh. think women ever act foolish. So can you tell us about this? Why Women Act Foolish was something that was birthed inside of me, and I guess I want to go back almost 20 years ago. I'm coming from a point of view of women thrive, or should I say, and survive off of what's been given to them. So a lot of what this book is all about is concerning men and women so that a man will be able to tap into the needs of a woman. And once those needs are met from a woman, if they are met, then she won't act foolish. But if they are not met, then she will probably act foolish. So that's where that came from. So what gave you the inspiration then to write about this and 
put it out there to print? I did a teaching on it here at my church. My husband and I, we pastor a church called the Winning Church. I did a sermon on why women at Thurish. At that time, I was in the book of Genesis reading about Adam and Eve, and the thought just came to me, why women at Thurish? Because, of course, I'm in that category. I am a woman, and there may be times where I do act foolish or whatever. I just kind of seen the need where if the man was in his place, rightful place, then the woman will follow suit and be in her rightful place as well. So when things are out of order, because God is a God of order, but when things are out of order, it's bound to go left instead of going the right way that God wants us to go. So once I did a sermon on that, I just got so many phone calls and so many encouraging words to say, man, you need to put that in a book. And I jotted down some notes as I, you know, went on in life and put it down and picked it up, put it down and picked it up. And then finally, my husband said, it is time for you to write that book because I know God is giving you some great nuggets that people want to read about or need to read about in order to help their lives to become what God wanted to become. Now, is this the first book you've written or have had published? Yes, yes. First book I have had published. Yes, indeed. So what was that like, writing a book for the first time and going through that publishing process? Oh, my. First and foremost, it was very scary. I said scary, uh, fearful. In my mind, I was thinking, well, who would want to read something that I put inside of a book? (laughs) Because I was just kind of thinking, I don't think no one would want to listen to me or or read a book that I have put some words inside of this book that God, that that is God inspired. But once I, I got that book into my hands, I'm like, this is a major, major accomplishment for me because I just never thought in a million years I will be an author. But here I am today and all glory to the Lord. Again, the book is Why Women Act Foolish. This is published by Christian Faith Publishing and is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes by Dr. Veronica G.B. Veronica, it's been a pleasure speaking with you tonight. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you so very much. And you also have a wonderful day. And thank you for taking your time and interviewing me. And I pray that everything will go well for you and your family as well. Joining me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Joan T. Petrosini and her new book, Family Corners, Their Children Within, Volume 2, is out now through Christian Faith Publishing. Thank you for talking with me tonight, Joan. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. So, can you tell us about Family Corners and what we're in store for? Well, Family Corners goes back to 1897 when my immigrant grandparents came in and another set of immigrant grandparents came in a little later. But it takes you through the everyday of the way they lived and their personalities, the problems. I tried to stay as close to the truth as I could, but we didn't know very much, so I had to throw a lot of fiction in there. And then it progresses from generation through the social changes and everything else and whatever went on during that time period to the third generation, which included me. I realized while I was doing that that... I had a child within, which was a real problem, and it had to be handled. But what I noticed is that some of the other members of the family had a child within. I went to work on that, and the next thing I know, I'm no longer writing a history. It turned out to be a very personal type of story. 
and it brought in the loves of all the family around me and their problems, and it just developed itself from there. And that's why it got to be such a long book. It went through from 1897 to 1963. It sounds like quite a journey you took in writing this. It was, especially for me. Wow. <laughs> There's no place to hide, Corey. <laughs> how, how do you feel when you know it's on shelves, people are reading it, your story is out there for people to enjoy and learn from? What kind of feeling do you get? When the, I sat there with my book in my lap, I looked at it and I said, wow. This thing came out pretty. And then I sat there a little more quiet, and I digested the fact that it was there in my hand, and I just got a very deep, warm wow inside myself, and I sat there and enjoyed it. Was well, there any advice that you would give to aspiring writers who want to write that first book, they want to get published? You've got to be very stubborn about it, and if you don't have any training, you've got to acknowledge that to yourself and try to find out as much as you can through your own writing where it's right and it's wrong based on hopefully you've read a lot in your past and you apply that to what you're doing. So any other projects that you're thinking of maybe getting into into writing? <laughs> in writing? No, I really haven't. But I did have some forethought while I was doing it, and I created a few characters as I went along to bring some real fiction into it to see if I could handle fiction. In fact, I made up my mind to put a mystery in there and told my audience, my readers, exactly what I was going to do so that when they get there, they know why I did it. I took the theme of Children Within and found, built a mystery around it and added that to the book, which is, again, another reason why it was so long. But then... In fairness to them, I told them, taking you back to real life, and I did. And real life at that point was uh, extremely difficult to put down because it was extremely personal. Again, this is Family Corners, Their Children Within, Volume 2, by Joan T. Petrosini. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing and is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Well, Joan, thank you for joining us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure speaking with you. It's been a delight talking to you, Corey, and thank you very much. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.